So we're kicking off a brand new series today using, uh, using the Bible. It's a book, uh, Gentle and Lowly, that takes um, passages of the Bible to uh, communicate the heart of Jesus, about who Jesus really is. And it's short chapters that you can read and... It's like looking at a diamond, and each chapter looks at a different facet, a different angle of the heart of Jesus. And uh, genuinely, it's a book that really causes you to love him more, trust him more, and know his goodness in a deeper way. I've, I've actually read it uh, some parts five times. I'm now on the fourth time reading it. It's one of those books that I think sometimes we're too quick to grab the next book and move on to the next book. Sometimes when we know God's on something, it's worth reading it until we've got everything out of it. So we thought we could do a preach series based on it because there's nothing more important for you and me than to absolutely know the genuine heart of who Jesus really is. So who is Jesus? Who is Jesus at his very heart? Who is he really? Who is Jesus really? So without a biblical understanding of Jesus' heart and who he really is, without an understanding of his core motivation. That's what we mean by heart. What's Jesus' core motivation? If we don't really understand who the Bible says he is, what we end up doing is we place onto Jesus or we project onto Jesus who we think he is. And often that conclusion we come to is often a distortion of Jesus' real heart and we come to inaccurate understandings of who he really is. We can easily find ourselves creating uh, Jesus in our own image and think that Jesus is just like us and Jesus must think like us and respond like us and have priorities like us. What we truly think about Jesus becomes most clear when we're in two kinds of situations. When we find ourselves sinning, when we find ourselves doing the thing that we really don't want to do, or when we find ourselves in times of suffering. In those moments, what we really think about Jesus comes right clear to us. For example, when we sin, do we run to Jesus or do we run from Jesus? Do, when we suffer, do we conclude that Jesus must be punishing me for something I've done or not done or failed to do? Are these circumstances his punishment? When we feel weak and we don't feel as strong as we feel we ought to be, do we think that Jesus' heart is that he must be running out of patience with us? Is he now weary with us and frustrated with us? Do we think that Jesus is really, really hard to please and it's impossible to please him and we think that whatever we do, he's never quite pleased enough? It's interesting that this book highlights there's only one place in all the four Gospels where Jesus actually explains what his heart is like. There's only one passage in the Gospels 
where Jesus communicates what his core motivation is. We see Jesus healing the sick. We, we see Jesus uh, talking about he's on his way to Jerusalem. We understand where Jesus came from. We understand what, about his birth. But there's only one place where Jesus pulls back the veil and says, I want to show you who I am. And that's in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to read this passage and then we're going to unpack it to, to discover more of Jesus' heart. So in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Just for those like yoke, you know when cattle used to plough a field and they would join two oxen together? They used to place a wooden bar on the oxen, and that's the yoke. It was so that they could pull the plough. Take my yoke, um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And then he says this, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke or my burden is easy and, and my burden is light. So it's interesting that when Jesus says I'm going to show you my heart, he doesn't say I am strict and very demanding. Come to me all you who are weary and burdened um, and I'll show you who I am. I'm strict and very demanding. Sometimes we can have the idea of Jesus that he's uptight, strict, and demanding. He doesn't even say, I am joyful and generous. Um, when he says, this is my heart, this is what I'm like, he doesn't say, I'm joyful and generous. And clearly, Jesus is joyful and generous. But when he wants to express his core heart, who he is, he says, I am gentle and humble in heart. So when the New Testament talks about the heart, it's not really talking about Jesus's emotional life. It's talking really about what is most natural to Jesus. He's saying what's most natural to me is I am gentle and I am humble. It's Jesus's core motivation. It's what drives him. The writer of this book says it's the reason Jesus gets up in the morning. And clearly God neither slumbers nor sleeps. But it's a picture of when Jesus wakes up in the morning, if he, uh, I guess he, as the incarnate God-man, he did wake up in the morning. And as he would have risen and been with the disciples, his core motivation, the thing that got him up in the morning was, I'm going to be gentle and humble with humanity, with the men and women around him. Heart means this is the thing that drives Jesus. This is the thing that directs Jesus. This is the thing that shapes all that Jesus does, is that he is gentle and humble of heart. So what does it mean for someone to be gentle? It really means that Jesus, you know that phrase, trigger happy? You know that phrase that people see something wrong and they quickly become exasperated, frustrated, and annoyed, and he just trigger happy, sees it, wants to punish it. It means that Jesus 
in his very core of who he is, is not harsh with us. It means his motivation is always to be gentle. He's not easily exasperated with us. It means that Jesus has open hands, not a condemning, pointing finger at us. You know, sometimes we might think of categories like, we think, oh, Jesus has got an accusing finger because I didn't pray enough, fast enough, give enough, read enough. That's not who Jesus is. Gentle means he's the most understanding person who's ever walked the earth, and this is what God is like now. It means that gentle is always who he is and always will be towards you. The other word there is humble. What does that mean? Humble. It talks about a kind of tenderness around Jesus, that he's open and welcoming to people. Humble. There's an openness about Jesus. He's accommodating. He's understanding. There's a humility. He's accessible. I want you to imagine that God walked the earth, fully God, fully man, this unique, wonderful, glorious God, holy, sinless, blameless, walks amongst people and, and is the most approachable person ever. Like, it, when they said that Jesus was a friend of sinners, that, that wasn't a compliment, that was actually an insult. <coughs> that, was, that was the religious pointing a finger and saying, you're so accessible to everyone. Don't you know the kind of people who are hanging out with you? It's what God is like. The most approachable person who's ever walked the planet. People wanted to be with him. People um, could come to him in all of their reality in whatever state they were in. So it says, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. In other words, Christianity is this. It is simply coming to Jesus. It is simply coming to Jesus. It is simply coming to this humble and gentle one and opening yourself up to being loved by him. Actually, coming to Jesus is the only thing Jesus works with. That's the only thing he works with. He says, Come to me. In other words, this passage shifts our attention away from ourselves and our performance and our comparison and our performance in comparison to another person and fixes our attention totally and absolutely upon Jesus who is humble and gentle in heart. He says, come to me. So often we think, I need to fix myself up first, and then once I'm fixed up, I'll come to Jesus. Jesus says, no, the first thing is, come to me. What kind of people does he say, come to me? He says, all you who are weary and burdened. All you who are weary and burdened. 
He doesn't say, first get yourself energised and then come to me. He doesn't say, fix yourself up first, then come to me. He says, come to me in the state you are in. Come to me in your weariness. Weariness, tiredness, exhaustion is about trying so hard that you are now overwhelmed by life. Or burdened is that feeling of the passive weight of life is actually stopping you being able to live the kind of life you want to live. So he says, come to me if you're weary. Come to me if you're tired. Come to me if life and the weight of life and the pressures of life you can't carry, come to me. And what does he promise? I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. There's no payment for this rest. It's come to me, with everything in your life, and I will give you rest. There's no transaction. It's, it's not get it sorted first, then come to me. No, I will give you rest. It's coming to Jesus is absolutely the only thing that qualifies you to get the rest. Can you see that? That is, it's not the religious things we do, it's coming to Jesus that gets us the rest that we need. There's nothing to do first to qualify. There's no prerequisites. You heard that statement, there's no jumping through hoops in order to get what's on offer. Have you ever done that? You think there's a free offer available and then you click it and you find there's a load of hoops to jump through, a lot of things you've got to do. And one of the clues that there's a lot of hoops to jump through is that they want your credit card number <laughs> before they will give you the free gift or whatever that might be. There's no elaborate, complicated procedure in first coming to Jesus. It's really important for us because we can think I've got to do something first. No, there's nothing to do first. There's only to come to Jesus. And so when we feel discouraged, when we feel weary, when we feel frustrated, when we feel perplexed, when we feel confused, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel weak, when we feel fragile and limited, we can come boldly and expectantly to Jesus. Why? Because he says his core heart is gentle and humble. So we can come to him, run to him when we sin. We can run to him when we're face to face with our minor weaknesses. We can come to him when in our eccentricity and our uniqueness and our funniness. We can come to him with our limitations. We can come to him 
with our insecurities. We can come to him with our doubts. We can come to him with our failures and in our failure. And we can come to him in our anxiety. Hallelujah. You can come to him in all the states of life. Come to Jesus. And he says, take my yoke. I want to read you a little bit from the book because it's a beautiful thing around this uh, phrase of, uh, of yoke. So consider what Jesus is saying. And for those of you who are reading along, this is page 22. Consider what Jesus is saying. A yoke is the heavy crossbar laid on oxen to force them to drag farming equipment through a field. Jesus is using a kind of irony, saying that the yoke laid on his disciples is a non-yoke, for it is the yoke of kindness. Who could resist this? It's like telling a drowning man that he must put on the burden of a life preserver, only to hear him shout back, sputtering, No way! Not me. This is hard enough, drowning here in these stormy waters. The last thing I need is the added burden of a life jacket around my body. <laughs> Come to me. Sometimes we are like that man in the sea drowning. And we turn walking to Jesus into some kind of burdensome work. Like it's a yoke that's too heavy and crushing for us. This illustration is, it was crazy. The guy's in the water drowning and someone throws a life jacket and says, no, I can't because that's too much on top of what I've already got. Sometimes we're like that with Jesus. We say, I've got a busy life. I've got family. I've got work. I've got commutes. I've got all this stuff. I can't add Jesus onto an already busy schedule. Jesus is saying, take my yoke. And you'll find rest for your souls for my burden. That yoke is easy. It's a non-burden. And my burden is light. I'm going to close with this. Coming to Jesus is not another thing to do. Hallelujah. Christianity is not a list of different rules and things to do. Coming to Jesus is not begun by this. How do I apply Jesus to my life? What do I do with what I heard on Sunday? What you do with what you've heard, you do nothing with it. And I'll make that clearer in a second <laughs> by just reading a little bit more from this great book. Two, page 215 for those of you who are reading along. What now? This book is about the heart of Christ and of God. But what are we to do with it? The main answer is nothing. <laughs> to ask, how do I apply this to my life, would be a trivialization of the point of this study. Then he gives us some funny illustration. If an Eskimo wins a vacation to a sunny place, he doesn't arrive in his hotel room, step out onto the balcony and wonder 
how do I apply this to my life? No, he just enjoys it. He basks in it. And there is one thing for us to do. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me. It's the call of our life. Come to Jesus. Bask in his love. Enjoy the day with him. Chat about everything throughout the day. Yes, have some special time in the morning where you might give yourselves to prayer and study the Bible. But then come to Jesus all through the day. Enjoy it with Jesus. Pause regularly to be grateful and thankful. Wow, Jesus, this is a great moment. I'm so grateful for this moment. Oh, Jesus, I'm coming to you because I feel a little burdened and a little weary right now. I think I've taken the wrong yoke on, the wrong burden on me again. I need your burden. And see, we can say with our lips that we lean and rest and uh, rely upon Jesus and then spend our entire lives Amen. of avoiding intimacy Amen. with Jesus. Amen. So busy working for Jesus, but not working with Jesus. So busy trying to fix ourselves up for Jesus when he says, I don't need you to fix yourself up. I just need you to come to me just as you are. So busy comparing our spiritual life with someone else. And he says, no, I love you just as you are. And I'm at work in you. We can say with our lips, I trust you, Jesus. I'm going to come to you, Jesus. But avoid deep intimacy with Jesus. And why do we avoid deep intimacy with Jesus? It's because we don't really know his heart. We've got a muted understanding of his heart. We've got a toned down understanding of his heart. When we see that Jesus is humble and gentle, when we see that his heart is to give us rest, when we see that to be friends with Jesus is not a weight and a burden to carry, it's a non-weight, it's the essential privilege of life, then we do life with Jesus and we find the rest in Jesus. And so I'm going to pray for us. One of the great things about this book is it totally changes your perspective on many things. And one of them, it really breaks any kind of legalism that we might have in our hearts, which is kind of doing performance to try and please God. It breaks that. It also changes how we um, tackle maybe hard things in our life where we want to see breakthrough or healing or emotional maturity. It causes us just to come to Jesus with it as it is and trust that in being with him, he's doing beautiful deep work, healing work, transforming work. It's not through our gritted teeth and self-discipline, but simply through coming to Jesus. So I pray as we look at this series over these next few weeks, Jesus, that we would fall deeply and madly in love with you more than we ever have. I love the other week when Tracy said, Tracy Cook said, I can't wait to be with Jesus. I can't wait to be with Jesus. I can't wait for church to be with Jesus. Amen. I've got to be with him now. Beautiful. And that's the kind of people we want to be. 
If we're going to love the world really well, if we're going to see men and women come to Christ in their tens and see whole families turned around, it's not a burden of trying to make something happen. It's just a people who have been with Jesus. If you want to see fruit like you've never seen before, if you want to see transformation like you've never seen before, if you want to grow in gentleness and patience, if you want to grow in self-control and love, if you want to grow in joy, if you want to grow in all the fruits of the Spirit, get with Jesus. It's, it's all you need to do. Amen.